Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and once again, you know the drill. I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. There are losses, and there are losses. But the one that the New York Yankees suffered yesterday in Miami has to be one of the all-time worst in the franchise's history. So that said, I want you all to listen up now and get a load of this. You know, they say that you've heard it said not just in baseball, but in all sports. You got to have a short memory. You know, you you, uh, you got to forget about what happened yesterday. You can't do nothing about yesterday's loss or the win. You just got to move forward. But some are easier to forget than others, and I don't know how. I don't know how the Yankees are going to be able to forget what happened to them yesterday afternoon in Miami. Now, people have blown games before. They've had horrible losses before. But when I say one of the all-time worst in Yankees history, franchise history, and I mean, folks, I've been watching the Yankees since the 1950s, okay? And I'm telling you, when it comes to bad losses, now I'm not talking about that I've seen every game, but when where you have to put things into perspective is what the loss was, what was going on at the time with the team, what it meant, standings, uh, and all of that. Yesterday's loss, 8-7 loss in Miami, was an absolute killer. And I really don't know how they, I don't know how they were able to get on a plane and fly to Atlanta, and fly to Atlanta where they're going to have to face the best team in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, to, to me, I mean, people have blown leads before. Let, let me tell you how I saw it all play out yesterday. I'm home. And I said to my wife, well, I've got to watch the Yankees this afternoon. So I'm watching the Yankees game. And uh, one of my grandsons, my eight-year-old grandson, was coming home from spending seven weeks in, in sleepaway camp. And he was coming home yesterday. And we get a call with the score, 7-1. You know, well, come, come see him. So, you know, naturally shoot over to see him. And I said to my wife, well, let me make sure I tape the game and the post game and everything after that so I don't miss anything. But it was 7-1. It was an afterthought. It was an afterthought. So I go see my grandson and I come home and I turn on the TV and I'm seeing the post game show and John Flaherty's talking about, you know, just a horrible situation. And I'm saying, what? I left with an 7-1 Yankees lead. And they scored the Marlins five runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. 
the bottom of the ninth inning to win the game 8-7 to take two out of three. But when I say you have to look at the entire situation, you're, you're fighting, supposedly fighting for your playoff lives. You want to try and stay in a wild card race. That's the goal. That's the objective. Because first place, we all know, is out of the question. So you want to stay in the thick of things. Now, you go ahead and you take game one on Friday night. You lose game two. Now, when you take game one on Friday night, I say, you know what? Yanks got a good chance Good chance of taking two out of three because they're always going to be in the game when they have their ace, Garrett Cole, on a mound, and I knew he was going to be pitching yesterday. So they take Friday night, they lose Saturday, and they have Garrett Cole on the mound. All right? Garrett Cole's on a mound, and I mean... He's got a 7-1 lead. He he leaves in his six after six. And they blow that game. And and you heard the announcers. You, you heard Paul O'Neill saying, when Garrett Cole is pitching, he's your ace. You have to win that game. That's the one. If, if the, Nothing is a given, but that's the one you have to win. They blow that game. It, it, it was just terrible. So where did the Yankees go from here? I, I actually felt bad. I, I felt bad for for O'Neill and, and Michael Kay in that ninth inning. I felt bad for Bob Lorenzen and, and um, John Flaherty in the postgame show. Because, listen, it's your team. I feel bad for... It, it, it's your team. You know, I'm I'm involved with the Yes Network. You could say it's my team. You want to be able to say something nice, something good, but how can you do it? How can you do it? And you, you know what, folks? As I was watching a game yesterday and as it was unfolding, I was saying to myself, I know one of the angles I'm going to take for my podcast here. I'm going to talk about Anthony Volpe because here's a kid who is standing up, a 22-year-old kid showing what he's made of. Yeah, his average isn't what it's supposed to be, but you want to know what? He's got 16 bombs. He gets up on, on Friday night and he gives the team in Miami, he hits a, a three-run bomb, gives them a lead like that. You're feeling good. Yesterday, they, they were winning 2 nothing. Then they get a run back. The Marlins get a run back to make it 2-1. He gets up in the top half of the f- fourth inning, smacks a two-run homer. You know, the kid, not, I, you'd have to go back, but you'd have to look at, of those 16 home runs, when did they occur? I'll, I'll bet the majority of them 
took place in clutch situations. Clutch situations. So that was going to be my angle. And instead, what do we got? We got a disaster, a complete, utter disaster. I, I mean, when I went back and watched the tape, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It, it, it was just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give you the play-by-play here, but it was just terrible. And then I saw something in the post-game show, because there was a situation after uh, after it was tied up, you had Luis Arias on third base, okay? The score is 7-7. You get a walk, okay? So now it's first and third. Then it's first and third, one out. So you 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 know you're gonna play the infield in. You got to cut off the run, or you you know hope maybe you can get a double play. But runner steals second. So now it's second and third. You got second and third, and one out. Now f- forgive me, folks. Maybe I'm a little goofy here, but I I'd like you to help me out. All right? I, I'd like you to help me out. You got, got second and third, and you have one out. Now, you know, the, tie, the, the winning run is 90 feet away. 90 feet away. Does it not make a little bit of sense? I'm not saying you had to do it. It was an absolute must. But does it make a, a, a morsel, a teensy-weensy bit of sense to say, you know what, I'm going to walk this batter who happened to be Jake Berger, who was doing the most damage to the Yanks in this series. Maybe walk Jake Berger to give you the bases loaded, to give you the options of a, you know, working a double play from any base. Just as an option. Now, some might say, well, yeah, but if you walk the bases loaded, that means there's nothing else the pitcher on the mound can do because, you know, then, then if he issues another walk or, or whatever, a hit batter or whatever, forces the run in. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a little of that mentality. But as soon as that was going on, Paul O'Neill... Who knows more baseball than me? Paul O'Neill and, and, and Michael K. The broadcasters were talking about it. On a post-game show, they were talking about it. I'm scratching my head. Okay, no. They, they didn't want to do that. So in the post-game show, in the post-game show, Aaron Boone was asked, was there any consideration to walking Berger? He, he, I don't want to say he acted as if it was a stupid question. He wasn't rude. I mean, I don't think Boone has ever been rude in his life to anybody, okay? But it was like, no, no, no consideration. How do you not have 
any kind of consideration for walking the guy. Where is that logic? Explain that to me that there is no consideration. He Well, he felt that way because Jorge uh, Soler was up next. I don't understand. I mean, if you want to talk about a classic situation where a team and a manager and everybody left themselves completely wide open for second guessing, it's right here. So you have your ace on a mound, you just piss away the game, and you got to get on a plane instead of maybe feeling a little good and taking two out of three. You lose two out of three, and now you got to fly to Atlanta to play the best team in baseball. And they are the best team in baseball. How? how? I, I'd like somebody to explain to me, because I'm at, you can hear it in me. I'm at a loss here. How the hell are the Yankees going to get into the postseason looking like they look? How? How is it possible? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand what their thinking is. We're, we're talking about a team that has, you know what? This team has been a mess since last July. No, 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 not this past July, the one before, a little over a year ago. I was doing the math. On July 8th, a year ago, a little over a year ago, the Yankees were 38 games above 500. They had a record of 61 and 23. They were in first place by 15 and a half games. 15 and a half games. And they hung on. They were floundering. They went from 61 and 23, the the rest of the way, they went 38 and 40 to finish at 99 and 63. Okay? And where are they now? Now they're 60 and 58. So since July 8th of a year ago, they're a 98 and 98 baseball team. And I was talking to you then about the problems that this team had. I call them all feast or famines. And that's what they've become. Not just the Yankees, but in baseball a lot. You know, I, I, you've heard me say it several times. There are no longer power hitters. They are feast or famine hitters. Now, we can talk, and you've heard me talk about the injuries. And they've it's been a... a they, they've suffered the Yankees' debilitating injuries this year. The most notable on the toe of one Aaron um, Judge. Okay? I got so much Aaron's in my head. I got Aaron Judge, Aaron Boone, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Judge. You, you know, Rodon and, and, and Nesta Cortez. I, I mean, they, they've been battered and bruised. But you know what? They're not the only team that's been battered and bruised. But as I said to you 
a week ago. I will say it to you here again. The entire, I, I'm not, I, I don't like asking, calling for somebody's job. But somebody's job has to be called for if there's not a complete f- philosophical change to the way things are handled. To how, how are we going to go about putting a team together to win baseball games? How are we going to play to win baseball games? Because the way they have it set up now stinks. They don't have the right people in place. Small ball is, is almost by accident. They can't manufacture runs. And, and when they do, like they did yesterday, they blow it. They blow it. I mean, yesterday was an unmitigated disaster. I'm, I'm just looking at what happened yesterday. Yuri uh, 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 Gurriel double, a strikeout. You get an infield hit, a walk, bases loaded. Josh Bell hits a ball back to Clay Holmes. He throws it away. Two run score. Luis Arias, who's quickly becoming best hitter in baseball, at least when it comes to average, uh, hits a triple, two run score. I, I, it's, it, it was just a disaster. Uh, just a disaster with the guy he didn't want to walk, who didn't wouldn't consider walking, Jake Berger, uh, game over with a ball hit to left, run scores, and that was it. How are the Yankees going to recover? I don't know. And I'm sitting here telling you I want to be positive. How the heck... Can I be positive? You got to give me a reason to be positive about. I don't understand. Yankees are now five games back of the wild card position. When I say the the third spot. Five games back of Toronto. You got Seattle ahead of them, who's a game and a half behind Toronto. You got Boston, the Red Sox, who are three behind uh, Toronto, and the Yankees at five. Which, by the way, after the Yankees get done with their three games in Atlanta, then they're going to be home to the Red Sox. I don't, I, I just, is it mathematic? Sure, they're in it mathematically. Sure, they're in it mathematically. But let's deal with reality. As you've heard me say it before, you can look at the glass half full, you can look at a glass half empty, or you can look at it realistically. Don't tell me about probabilities and don't tell me about you know metrics and all this. Just tell me about what's real. And if we're being really honest with one another, how the heck can you be optimistic about this moving forward? Because I can't. I just do not understand. And and people get defensive. Well, you, you, did, I, I, did, what happened yesterday, you can't defend that. 
And I'm sorry, Aaron Boone, when you make out, you come out with a remark it wasn't even under consideration to walk a guy. How could it not be under consideration? For the life of me, I can't understand that. Really? Somebody asked a question. It, it, it was the most logical thing to think about. Well, let me see now. Let me see. Did you give any thought? Any thought at all? Any thought at all? No. I, I just, you know, they're five games out with, what, 44 to play? Is that what it is? Yeah, let's do the math here. Is it 162 games. What have they played already? 118. They got 44 games left. You tell me why I or you should be optimistic about this happening. I'm so disappointed with what happened yesterday. It's just... I, I just don't know. And now they're going into Atlanta to face an Atlanta Braves team that um, is the best team in baseball. You know, after, after outscoring the Mets 34-3 to in the first three games of this series, the Mets finally won a game last night 7-6. But, you know, we know the Mets are done. We know that. We we want to believe that the Yankees had a fighting chance. And I'm talking about it as in past tense. I hate to say it. I, I'd rather say the Yankees have a fighting chance. All I can say is they have a mathematical chance. But I don't think it's a realistic fighting chance. Because I don't see how they can fight their way out of this with the situation being what it is. And now the latest with Nestor Cortez going down. I mean, you don't know what you're getting. If What are we going to get from Rodon when he comes back? So it's bad enough the pitching is in the situation that it's in. When you do get runs and then you blow that and then the manager gives you a dopey answer like, well, that wasn't under consideration. It wasn't under consideration. I I just do not understand. I, I I've I've watched this Yankee team closely this season. I I've I felt bad for them because the injuries. I mean, it's it was one thing after another. It it really has been that. But you know what excuses are for? Excuses are for losers. Look at the the Rays. Rays got off to that great start, but, you know, I mean, yeah, right now they're in a wild card seat, and they certainly have a shot to win the division, but but you look at the Rays, McClanahan, their top guy, Cy Young candidate just went down. He's done for the season. They they've lost three guys from their rotation. You go play. You take care of business. The the Marlins. 
who are fighting for a wild card in the National League. They don't have an offense, but there they are with five in the bottom of the ninth yesterday. It's just a mess. All right, from one mess, let's go to another mess. I I, I want to talk, and I, I say I want to talk briefly about the Mets because I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. We've known, we've seen, and the proof is in the pudding with all the selling of the players and what, sell off at the trading deadline. You know, this has been a disastrous team, uh, season for the Mets, highest payroll in the history of baseball. Everything went down a toilet. So now I'm reading and hearing the last few days about, you know, what was wrong? What, you know, where? why did everything go wrong? And they're talking about, now I'm hearing that, well, Scherzer thought that Verlander was a diva. Maybe they weren't getting along. Oh, well, that's kind of the pot calling a kettle black anyway. But, but having said that, you know what happens when teams are losing, especially when they're losing badly, when there were high expectations? Then everybody looks, and I'm not talking about the players, but th- then the fans and the media. Let's point the fingers. Let's go through this and let's go through that. Who's the, it's got to be, you know, chemistry. Chemistry is no good. You know what, it's the same thing like they say, when when you're a, if you got a 300 batting average and you strike out and you're pissed off and you throw your helmet and and you bang your bat and and, and slam it in, in the dugout, but then you're a fierce competitor. When you're batting 250 or 240 and you do that, then you can't control your temper. Well, it's the same thing when a team's losing, people look for excuses why they're losing. Why? To me, it's no secret what happened to the Mets. And I'm, and I'm hearing about, this was the latest thing about a toxic clubhouse. We haven't heard that all season long. You haven't heard about a toxic clubhouse all season long. But now that, you know, just all the nails are in the coffin, now we're going to look for that. Where did I, I mean, you want to know why the Mets lost? Because their pitching stunk. They were without Verlander the first month of the season. Scherzer had his issues. Carrasco was horrible. They just got Quintana back a, a little while ago. Their best pitcher all year long has been Kodai Zenga, who happened to be a good signing for the Mets. And they're talking about now. I'm now I'm hearing stuff that part of the to, the, the tox, toxicity, the toxic environment has to do with um, Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso, give me five Pete Alonzos, all right? Guy plays his ass off, plays hard, plays hurt. Other than when his wrist, he was out for three weeks this year, which he probably came back too soon. I, I mean, he plays and he plays a lot. 
Mets had an underachieving season. It stinks. Really bad season. Just an awful, awful season. You know what? There's no great science to that. You don't have to be a genius, a hardcore, super-duper baseball genius to figure it out. They just had a lousy season. And that's it. Don't start looking for reasons. The reasons were self-explanatory all season long. And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I'd like to be getting a load of you, so let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can also check out my website at russsalzberg.com. Got to thank my home here at believe.com. I always tell you, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. Above all, got to thank you, the people out there, because without you, the people out there, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. And again, I want to remind each and every one of you, while you can hear me here on Believe, you can also see me every week uh, on my Get a Load of This podcast on the Yes app. All you got to do is download the Yes app and you can see me just like you're hearing me right now. But until then, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.